You're listening to Roar, the podcast dedicated to voices from the localization industry, brought to you by translation and localization management students from the Middlebury Institute of International Studies at Monterey. We hope you enjoyed today's beat bump. Welcome. Thank you for listening to Raw Speed Bumps. I'm your host for this episode. My name is Zoe. Maintaining a positive client-vendor relationship in the localization industry is crucial in terms of delivering successful localization projects. It requires mutual understanding, cooperation, and communication between clients and vendors. Today, we have with us An Chen, who has more than 11 years of working experience. From localization project manager to sales business development professionals to share her journey with us. Thank you again, Anne, for being our guest for this episode. Thank you, Zoe. It's a, yeah, it's a very pleasure to be here, and thanks for having me.、Uh, to start off, would you please、uh, introduce yourselves and the positions you have held in the localization industry? Sure.、Uh, well, once again, my name is Anne, and I work in the localization industry for like eleven years now. And I started as a freelance translator after graduate from、uh, Aston University. Most of the time, I translated like film festival or stage performance marketing materials and TEDx Taipei or gaming genre. However, I was not. Quite understanding the whole process. I mean, the standard process of you know, like this um um translation things. So I joined my first LSP called Linguitronics, which is an LSP based in Taiwan, and I started from PM, then、uh, sales and business development manager. Also got the opportunity to lead a rebranding project for Linguitronics. Later, they relocated me to Shanghai. So since then, I live and work in Shanghai for like six years. It got me a chance to join Relocalize and RWS in the past years. Then now I'm working at Blend and、um, Israel-based、um, LSP. Wow, you seems like you have undertake a lot of growth in the localization industry. Yeah, so let's talk about your current position at Blend. Uh, sure. Please tell us、uh, what is a typical day like for you as a business development manager. Well, actually, what I have to say that a typical day of、um, of sales or business development manager, I think the first thing is, you know, like you have to finding a motivation because um um this is this is really this is a super、uh, typical elements for um sales or、uh, business development managers because. You have to have this motivation to hunt for a new client. Otherwise, you know you have nothing to do because this is not like the PM job. Like you got you got some project to finish. So, anyways, you have to do something. But I mean, my job is more like you know, like first thing I do when I'm still in bed is like start to check all these subscriptions from WeChat. To get the brief news for the industry, I focus on, and it can take me for like an hour. As nowadays, like we got so much stuff going on all the time. So one time I had my like metaverse article from Nvidia CEO on my laptop screen, and then the like the marketing channels ranking from my magazine, and then the e-commerce news on my mobile. So during my coffee time, I'm replying, you know, to emails and start my sales activities, which means cold calls. 
more like a marketing emails or LinkedIn messages as well. So from like a 10.30 and till like the noon time. This is kind of the time people will pick up your phone mostly or check emails in the office. So people also said can call in the early morning, like 8 a.m. This is the time that the C-levels have time to answer the phone. So besides my morning sales activity, I will do it again in the afternoon around like 2 p.m. So the business time normally, the brand can engage and respond with the more accurate information that I want to collect from um, clients. So in between, for sure, the BDM will have some existing projects to deal with. At the end of the day, I will prepare the list that I'm going to reach out to the next day. So this is kind of my typical day. Wow, it's a busy schedule every day. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, what are some difficulties you face as a BDM in the localization field that you never encountered in your previous roles like PM or freelance translators? Well, I guess it's still the same as what I was mentioned before the, uh, the the previous question. It's like finding the motivation because, well, I mean, you also need a passion and motivation to accomplish other jobs. But BDM's motivation is harder than the rest, in my opinion. I mean, when I was a PM, I had to finish my project if there's a project. So but BDM, you must find your own client and project. It will not show up from nowhere. However, I mean, even you do your work, still not like 100% that you can get all the clients. Like a competition is very crucial in the Chinese market or let's say the APAC market. I mean, it is a diverse market. If you want to like a wing, you have to blend in each market and culture, even like a, even a way of reaching out potential clients need to download at least like five different apps. So, I mean, it's it's not that direct if you're doing like a PM or translator jobs. So as you said, the like the most distinct difference is uh, for the BDM is motivation. Yes. Yeah. Uh, do you still think the position as a PM is somehow helpful to your um, current job as the BDM? Mm-hmm. Well, definitely, because at PM's position, that was, you know, the time I started to learn different CAT tools, like, or like a contact all different like a talents and plan the project procedure. So it's the position you can gain internal and uh, external experiences and familiar with the production process. Like once you understand the process, then you can better introduce yourself to your client and you can know what is possible and what is not. Because there's a huge conflict between PM and sales. In I mean, in sales, always promise the client something that cannot make it. But in general, I mean, can be an um, unrealistic uh, delivery schedule or an unreasonable requirement. Also, if you can answer most of the questions to your client, it makes them trust you more and feel confident to work with your team. I won't say PM is helpful to marketing, but I will say sales position is helpful to marketing. So this was how I could assist, you know, like Linguitronics rebranding previously, because you already know the core value of the company, all the services, you understand your strength and your weakness. You know how to show and attract potential clients by the strength and how to polish the weakness. Mm, interesting. Now, it's time for a quick break from our show. Lovefloor, want to learn more about the localization industry? Well, we've got something for you. 
Roar is producing its own magazine containing articles for both those in the know about localization and those looking to get their feet wet in the topic. Find out more at roar.tomcreate.net. Now, back to the show. So um, you started as a freelance translator. So mm-hmm. why did you decide to dive into sales or business development? I have to say this is like a, a the biggest joke like I ever had in my like a career life. Because or okay, let's start from beginning. I mean, like everybody who studied this translation studies, whatever it is called. But then, anyways, after graduate, you the first thing you want to be will be like you know freelance because I don't know that's that's something that you feel like it is it's cool or this is something that anyways I started for like a you know two or even like four years or something so you will like to stop with it. But actually, you don't learn anything from from this uh, academic academic theoretical world. So after graduate, you just have this concept, I want to be translator, but you have no idea what to do about it. So, I mean, anyways, I started as a freelance in the beginning. And then one time there was one like, uh, you know, companies, they asked me some like, just like simple questions, like how many hours you work per day, because they want to count like how many words you can come out each day. But then I had no idea at all that time. So I was like, well, I'm not sure. But anyways, you know, seeing if I start to work, I can work till when I feel tired. So I'm not sure. Maybe it can be like 10,000 words. That was exactly what I say to the, to this uh, company. And they, they they start to feel like something wrong. So the guy was like, what? Seriously? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And then he was like, uh, okay. And then he said, so... um. Dude, it's like you have a team or something or, you know, like two or three people work together. I said, well, no, I work alone. And then he was like, what? Okay, then who is doing the translation? Who is doing the editing? I said, come on, why? I can do both. Translate at the same time. I edited it. And then, I mean, seriously, this guy was like, okay, then thank you for your time. And yeah, we just finished this call. So, I mean, you know, this is what I... Like this is really the the problems I faced after the graduate after graduate from Aston University because it's like um, I really have no idea. So that's actually the reason to push to me to join one of these standard LSP or something, so I can start to learn from you know from these uh, professional teams or some some stuff. So then I joined them and they put me started with this uh, PM project. So that's how I I started my career. And then so after this PM, because PM is kind of detail-oriented position, and that's not really suit my personality. That's why my boss like changed me to this sales team. And then since then, I I think I just, you know, found it is a joy from this um, sales position besides of all these like sales numbers that I have to reach every month. And then because you know what? Uh, if you become like the sales, you have to like reach out to different industry, different types of people, different kind of, you know, like a project. So you can really learn different language and the different languages, features and also culture from this um, from this position. For example, I was doing this uh, technical writing for a smartwatch. So, you know, this is something the market hasn't 
noticed yet, but as a, a localization um, BD, you can know it like beforehand. So this is something interesting. Also, the luxury fashion, you can know the next seasons, you know, like a products book or something. So that's something like interested me. And also, for example, like the e-commerce, you can understand each e-commerce, why, like why this Amazon put this content in, um, in their platform. But how come that, you know, like eBay or AliExpress, they have something else. So they have a different concept to manage their content on their platform. And this is something that as a BD, you can, you have to learn and you can notice the differences. So this is, you know, some, like some um, special things that only, I think only BDs can, um, can experience it. And especially like a gaming, because people said game. Well, they will definitely need the native speakers to do the translation, but this is not um, what it is, you know, because one time we have these Chinese gaming companies, they want to sell their stories to like overseas, which is America. So they needed to translate from like a uh, Chinese to English. But then we found a native, uh, you know, English speaking person to do this translation. But then it comes out like a, a disaster because this guy, he couldn't, even he could speak like, I don't know, level five or level 10 of like a Chinese, but then it doesn't mean like he got all this cultural background or history understanding like us. That's why he couldn't really like, you know, directly translate everything into a proper way to this um, um, English language. That's why we actually find a person who, um, what we call this ABC, which is like a um, person who born in the US and but then in, actually it's a Chinese. So we actually found this kind of a talent. And then, so he has like, you know, two language mm -hmm. ability and also two cultures backgrounds. So he can really do a proper job into this, um, the other language. And later we find a native speakers to do the editing. You can start to learn from all this process and you apply the same, like a different process to your future clients. So, you know, like the more this, I mean, the more you gain from all your clients, the more you can sell better. So that's what I think this BDM job is, is you know, still like a fascinating and interesting to me. Uh, can I say like you just uh, get assigned to the BDM suddenly? Like um, when you're first taking this role, you actually don't know much about it? Yeah. It's it's more like that. I actually have no idea what to do, but I just like look at this uh, client list from the company and think like, okay, so who I'm going to reach out to? So that's the point I start to, you know, try and try to do all this market research on my own because it is the same. Like, well, I mean, there's no position that people will tell you what to do in the beginning. Like, so most of the position you'll have to, learn and experience from yourself and then you can know how to do wow that's amazing um that's all the question i have and um to conclude i think um the localization process is really a work of art that requires the joint efforts from of talents of different areas i believe yes. what we have learned from you today uh is to constantly learning like you just said uh, you read industry news every day. Yeah, and also you you are brave to embrace new challenges and seize mm -hmm. new opportunities when you get to be a BDM. 
Yeah. And mm-hmm. finally you realize this is um, what you want to be. Yes. Yeah, that's fascinating. I think um, these um, tips are applicable to people who work in other industries as well. Thank you. Well, mm-hmm. anyways, I, I mean, to the to the people who study translation, I really just feel like you just try everything, really. I mean, in the beginning, just to try everything, and then you will find out, like, which part of this um, position from the localization industry you really want to, you know, put all your times on it. Yeah, totally. Thank you again for being our guest speaker today. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Zoe. Thank you for listening to Roar, the podcast dedicated to voices from the localization industry. Once again, this has been brought to you by Translation and Localization Management students from the Middlebury Institute of International Studies at Monterey. We hope you enjoyed today's speed bump.